Welcome back to Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. Today, Eddie, do you know what our topic is? Business ideas and maybe some other stuff. Yeah, we don't know yet. (laughs) So today, we're just going to throw out some like crazy business ideas. We're going to discuss them. And then we have some like later topics if we get really bored or like we're just done with business to talk about. And we'll just see where this episode goes. It'll just be free flowing. Yeah. A little free flow action. Like a like a stream in, in a river. Well, that doesn't make sense. A stream in a river are two separate things. All right, Eddie. So I'm going to paint a scenario. Story time. Okay. I was with my girlfriend. We were driving down Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I don't remember what we were going to do. I think we are going to do a grocery run for her mom. And we're driving down Main Street and we see Eddie just walking. And it's like negative five out. And Eddie's just walking. Eddie's known for going on his walks. And if you guys don't know by now, Eddie's the idea man. And Ashlyn pointed Oh, I said my girlfriend's name. It's Ashlyn. But Eddie, uh, my girlfriend pointed him out the first time as we were walking. I'm like, oh, there he is. I'm like, I didn't see him. And then as we're coming back, I see him again. And we pull over. We're like, Eddie, what are you doing? And he's like, takes off his headphones. like, I'm going for a walk. We're like, okay. He's like, I'm just thinking. I'm like, what are you thinking about? Because I know you. You're the idea guy. You were thinking about something crazy. Yeah. Do you remember what you were thinking about, Eddie? I was thinking about a business idea on... uh Going to Africa, you would need a pretty large amount of money to go in with this, but um, to be basically a government contractor or, you know, do contracts with uh, governments um, to build infrastructure and housing inside of Africa, affordable housing and infrastructure. I think this is a great idea. Yeah. Affordable housing. Like we have... Like just cheap, super cheap housing that's like better than what they live in currently. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that all, you know, uh, you know, you picture like people be stereotypical and like they picture like these African tribes out in the boondocks and they're like mud huts, yeah. you know, but it's not like that. A lot of them do live in like concrete type buildings with doors and windows and whatnot, but it's still far away away from being like a nice, like livable home. Like... Um, the ones that are not like huts, what it is, is like, um, first you, you get sticks if, if they have them, um, and you, you basically, uh, put it in like rebar, um, in reinforced concrete, except they put mud, they use mud and build up and basically make a little mud building and then it dries and then it becomes like it's hard it's pretty solid yeah, it's i won't pretty, even lie it's pretty solid but you can't like wire your electricity or anything through it yeah so what we would do well we i say this is eddie's idea what eddie's idea was was we would make we'd bring affordable housing to africa cheap materials keep the labor costs low we have people in the village actually build it for us because if you think about it they're already pretty much pretty good builders if they're building these you know these huts out of like solid mud they can it's basically the same idea we just need labor right yeah and you you grab your your best guys and you bring them over to these villages and you teach the the villagers how to build by themselves yeah or like some get some translators up in there and just teach them how to do it yeah and then you pay the villagers which then boosts the economy and i think we could definitely get a boost from a local government with this idea exactly if we can make affordable housing and then just boost our economy in general 
another thing uh, that you brought up actually was what about the weight? It needs to be a light material. We, I, I say that because shipping is a bitch. Yeah. And like, especially now with uh, like just everything, it costs so much to ship around. Um, that's and why companies are raising their prices out of the craziness. That, that's the biggest problem with water in Africa, actually, is that it's not the water itself that is expensive. It's the shipping on the water that makes it, I think it's something like... Uh, 25 times more expensive than anywhere else in the world. That's crazy. Yeah. To think about how people have a monopoly on water. Exactly. How much do you think they make, getting off topic here, how much do you think they make on a single water bottle profit? Like, how? what's the cost to make the water bottle? I'm sure how much they. profit do they get? I'm sure they. the profit margin on it is like. Astronomical, th- right? 300, 400%, maybe even higher. Like, which is for us, we, we get bottled water because we don't want to drink like fauceted water, yeah. which is also something that we need, that we, that's crazy to think about. But these people buy bottled water because they need fucking water to live. Yeah. Because, that's crazy. Because otherwise, it's they drink dirty ass water, dirty well, muddy they, water. They fucking get it in the jugs because they need to fucking bathe and shit Yeah, and cook and whatnot. It's crazy. I don't think they even bathe. They probably just bathe in the mud water. Yeah. Which isn't as bad as drinking it. It's bad. No, but I mean, like, back in, like, 1600s Europe, they didn't bathe. I don't think African people bathe. True. I did see... Because they just don't know that bathing makes you cleaner. Forgot where it was. Oh, my God. This is going to drive me insane. I remember... I'm not sure if it was Africa. I think it was maybe Asia. One of the two. It doesn't matter. The Danish colonize. Where did the Danish colonize? Could you help me out here? Um, like, that would be in Africa. Would it be in Africa? Yes, because okay. in Asia, um, the British took over India. Maybe. Anyways, yeah, somewhere the Danes colonized, and they actually like tried to build like a mini Danish town in whatever c- continent this was, and they ended up like making it trying to be like you know their country, Denmark. But mm-hmm. they they didn't realize how different it was, so they actually like fucked up the whole water system, and like the canals got dirty, and like the the water was poisoned. Anyway, it, it all got messed up, and just because they thought like water was so easy to get in Africa mm-hmm. or whatever nation they're in, and I think that's like a culture shock for some people. Yeah, like they just didn't <laughs> understand the different type of ecosystem. Like everything was different. Everything. So again, we're going back to affordable housing in Africa. What material would we use? This is this is the hard part because I was thinking a a light concrete. Um, but there is no such thing as a light concrete. If there was, we'd make money off of it. If you could, if you and me could invent a light concrete, holy fuck! Well, I was thinking also it could be hollow on the inside, which is still better than anything that they have. Would that be structurally stable? Yes. You would basically um, have a honeycomb inside of it. That's what you do with 3D printing. Obviously, you wouldn't 3D print uh, the freaking concrete. But what I mean is that... <laughs> That'd be sick. Like, when you're 3D printing, when you design the thing, you either make it solid or you put honeycomb inside of it to make it structurally sound. Uh, the same thing would happen with uh, the the concrete. Because what I was thinking was... To build uh, the, 
this housing as fast as possible, you make it modular, meaning that you you build the walls beforehand. You build the ceilings, the uh, the the foundation beforehand, and then you put it all together at site. Uh, like kind of like IKEA furniture. Yeah, kind okay. of. Uh, I'm now. I'm that's a great. I'm diggy with that. You brought that up to me when we were sitting in the car just talking. I'm like, yeah, that's a sick idea. Mm-hmm. Um, because then they don't have to learn shit. It's not like these guys who probably are undereducated have to learn how to use construction tools. Yeah, they just have to put the shit together. <laughs> you know. And, and then also it um with with the honeycomb idea weight reduction that means that you can actually like put these on a truck and ship them out and then maybe if you get like 10 of these dudes each lugging you know one wall or or one you know like they don't have to be huge they don't have to be one continuous wall it's just you get pieces of wall and then put it up true and true. Then that's what makes modular housing so amazing is that you can also customize it as much as you want because uh, these these shapes, it's basically like Legos mm-hmm. and you can stack it up however you want. It's all your creativity at Yeah, at you, the you could talk hands. to the government and you could be like, hey, for this town here, what do you want to put there? Like we could do 15 houses, a school and a hospital for X amount and tell them their flat line price and they'll probably pay it if we could do it. Yeah. And then you have templates of like you can have the hospital look like this, this, this or this. What do you think is best for this village? Look at the size population, um look at like how if they expand, what would they need? Look, look at, the exp- at uh the growth. The- yeah, the disease. What was that, what was that one like? I, why I think this is such a great business idea is because what was that one country we talked? We've brought this up like three times on the podcast that like has the crazy high growth rate. Uh, Nigeria. Nigeria has a growth rate above the U.S. and China. We talked about this. They average po- like population fertility rate. Yeah, they average like what the average family is like twelve kids. Yeah, like nine or twelve or if, something. If, if that's like an that. average of kids, think about the population ten years from now. In 2050, they are projected to be the number one in population. Yeah. You know what that means to me? That's a future investment. Yeah. Right? So I'm looking at that as a construction builder. I'm like, shit, we should start marketing to Nigeria. And everyone's going to look around and like, what the fuck? What is this guy on? And then yeah. you explain to them how like population equals business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and Nigeria is going to struggle for a little bit here. Yeah. They might not be struggling right now. Um, but once those like twelve kids uh, become adults, and then they have twelve kids on average, uh, that's when you're gonna, I think, two maybe two three generations is where the government is gonna have like problems keeping up with the demand. Yeah, and um, you know, while we may not be that smart, China is. Oh yeah. China is already going into Africa and helping out these African nations and making them in debt to China to basically use them as their puppets. Because China realizes that this century is the century of the rise of Africa. Africa, by 2200, I'm guessing, will be a powerhouse. I believe um, the population of Africa is like 1.2 billion at the moment. And by 2200, it's probably going to be 4 or 5 billion. I mean, that, that continent is huge. Not to mention, the uh, this idea of African unification... 
Um, it's going to be difficult because all those African countries speak different languages because mm-hmm. of how they were colonized. Uh, a lot of them speak French, Dutch, English. Um, their own native the, languages. And their own native languages. Their tribal ancestry native languages, which are going to be different. It's going to be hard, but they want to form like the 12, like, I think I think it's whatever countries are in the Nile want to form like this joint pact, kind of like NATO. But mm-hmm. like and they like have... Uh, or like the united uh not yeah the un um they want to do like a combined currency right mm-hmm. they want to have with that combined currency a uh a free trade they want to be able to cross borders and that is scary to think about we get some of the highest growing population countries in one group all working together to solve their issues mm-hmm. that have been going on for hundreds of years I think we'll see solutions on an exponential growth. Not only solutions on an exponential growth, but a rise in population on exponential growth. Yeah. You You think about those 1.2 billion people in Africa right now. That's all uh, potential right there. And then you bring that potential and actually, you know, bring them uh, to be educated, to um, start being able to, you know, get food, get water. And then all of a sudden... Uh, the population is going to boom. And also, we're going to have billions more of actually educated people. And and then you can train those people. Yeah. And then that's, again, that's an investment for the future. If you start a company now in Africa or, or in any country in Africa, I feel like 20, 30 years from now, you will reap the, like, reap the rewards of whatever you are doing. Maybe it's a technology company. Um, you know how China has like select uh, countries? Oh, not uh, select countries. Oh my god, select companies that like you're like, like Alibaba, right? Yeah. You think of Alibaba, you're like that's only in China. That's like I I I remember not even hearing about Alibaba until like two years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. If you start some kind of like African version of like Amazon or Alibaba, oh yeah, you think about that. Holy shit. Yeah, that would be monopolize or, early. Yeah, exactly. Collect on the people, or like it doesn't even have to be an Amazon or an Alibaba. Think about just like. Like you can a do- water company mm-hmm. now and then because it's still going to have the same water problems because it's Africa, but like 10 times the population or or food, you know, bring introduce different crops oh into Africa, uh, especially in those deep rainforests. Facts, facts. Or you could like genetically modify crops in like a science lab. And then, like, those crops are able to grow in, like, the harsh desert conditions of, like, parts of Africa that they don't really fuck with, you know? Um, so, here's an interesting thing that I learned about um, a while back. I actually showed you the video. Um, there is a proposed nation of called the East African Federation. Have Do you that's, remember that, that? That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's not... At the moment, they are... Uh, like the UN, where they do have like all the trade and stuff. They, oh and wait, okay, they they have it right now. Yes, oh, at the, at oh the moment they already. I like, thought they didn't do it yet. Like a no, no, band, like they, like they, they did get together. They trade together and stuff. But what I showed you, the East African Federation, is a proposed union of all those countries, not like the UN, but like an actual one individual country. What are the countries? Um. Uh, Burundi, Kenya, Rwanda, South Sudan, Tanzania, and Uganda as a single federated sovereign state. That's sick. 
That yeah. just sounds cool. I, I don't care what the beliefs are behind it. That just sounds like cool as shit. Yeah, six countries coming together to then become the biggest in size and the second biggest in population of all of Africa. Wait, who's number one for population then? Nigeria. Oh, okay. All right. But that, that's just free money. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I think about everything, all the businesses. Um, Africa is a gold mine in waiting. If you've taken away anything from this podcast episode, me and Eddie love Africa, and we want yes. to see Africa succeed. Yeah, I think uh, another thing that I was thinking about is um being an infrastructure company in Africa, which um they do have highways that span across all of Africa, but not down the middle. It's more like uh, around the border of Africa. Sure. There, You can find, like, different highways. Um, but it, it's really hard to be able to bring the countries together and being able to say, hey, this this route goes through a country that you don't like, and it's going to be connected to your route. Which for them, they they don't necessarily really like that. You know, it's not like Europe where you can just travel from one place to one place to one place. It there are African nations that don't like other African nations, mm-hmm. so it can be sometimes hard to say, "Hey, can we build one continuous road all across Africa that spans through every single country?" Because they don't want to be able to do free travel i think as their issues grow bigger they're going to come together collectively yeah i think i think sense of african pride when they start to become more educated i think that you know uh, they'll all come together eventually and have For the more greater peace. good yeah do you have any other cool business ideas uh overall or in africa just in, in overall in general Okay, uh, this is something that you could start anywhere in the world. I was thinking about um, printing T-shirts. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, so what my uh, thought was, was um, you are not the company uh, uh, just making your own merchandise. You are the person that other companies go to to print the shirts. Okay. But you also have your own clothing company on the side as well. So you sell your own products, and then you also um, make T-shirts for other companies and make clothing for them, for them to sell as well. So do you remember one of our oldest ideas was a, a T-shirt company that tailors to this, your size? Yes. So that. we wanted to make like clothing that like fit each person very well. I swear to God, have you seen the ads for the company that does this now? No. There's a. I'm getting ads because this brand new company is making clothing that fits men, like mm-hmm. that, like that. Um, I don't know. It it tightens their shoulders. It tightens their biceps. It makes their arms look bigger. It makes them look like 
it just defines their features better. Yeah, just that's show, exactly what I was thinking. That's what, well, that's what our idea was. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Remember, we like two years ago we talked about how we wanted to do a clothing that fit a human, like accentuated uh, men's features to make them look more attractive. Yeah. The idea was like make a man look 15 pounds lighter than he was mm-hmm. because we, we left more space on the gut or like you tighten up the biceps or we make the chest tighter if they have a nice chest. It Like there was hundreds of different options and some company did that and and they're a pretty big company. Wow. I know. They stole our idea right, from out, right out from under us. I, I was also thinking I've seen some companies do this but I don't think it's been done on a huge scale. Um, instead of having just whole sizes uh, for shoes, uh, you know, like 10, 11, 12, um, do it in quarter sizes. I saw that. That one was taken too, yeah. sadly. What, was it the same company? Uh, no, it was a different company that did a basic shoe, mm-hmm. but like they did it in like like less than quarter sizes. They really? went up by super weird amounts, mm-hmm. and they even did like you could buy like one shoe bigger than the other. Wow. Uh, well, like that's what I was thinking was like have it fit perfectly, except it be in the same company. Mm-hmm. So you you sell the perfect size shoes, the perfect size socks, the perfect size pants, the perfect size shirts, like everything. It's just perfect. Is, everything is right there. One website, all intuitive all breaks it down systematically for you to see like like the vision is there i just wouldn't be able to do it yeah we don't know we don't have the materials um once we had money though it could be one of our things yeah go to a couple other guys who are in we could like pitch our idea Mm -hmm. and then because they have the company the willpower the know-how the advertising ability that we don't have they could do that so these are all ideas that we've thought about and we will keep in the back burners until the opportunity presents itself to be able to do that I was also thinking, oh, so I think we should, I don't think com- some companies do this, but I, I don't think it's emphasized enough, the the ability to be able to have everything, um, like you said, perfectly fit, mm-hmm. but we sell as like whole outfits, matching outfits. Oh, yeah. At a cheap rate. Like outfit recommendations too. And like, yeah. Uh, kind of like what Amazon does where like if you scroll down, you'll see uh, most frequently frequently bought, bought with. with I even that is not enough for me. I want like you can buy this whole outfit for this much money at a discounted rate, like ten fifteen dollars less. That's then actually like a really good idea. Having like the whole outfit just yeah. presented, like you mm-hmm. get the tailor made. So like so you have a, let's say you have a human right. Yeah. And you can you can pick um I don't know like we show you general concept ideas mm-hmm. and then you take those concept ideas and like you go pants shirt hat shoes okay. or like like what I'm thinking is that you have a profile in on the website right and then when you first start out with the profile what you do is customize like show what your style is mm-hmm. like we we go through and you're like what do you think looks good and then you know you pick out oh, some yeah, stuff like an algorithm yeah have a sick algorithm we, we on make there? we make al- yeah. algorithms for the individual person based on what they want and then that's how we recommend them. Oh, dude, that could be like a clothing monopoly. I don't even know if I want to upload this episode anymore because that's such a good fucking idea. Yeah. So like, okay, so we're going to build off that. So you go onto our website, right? You have a base human or mm-hmm. like just a mannequin, let's say. 
And then we show you, we, we ask you like, what styles do you like? We ask you general questions. What do you like to wear? What do you like to see? What do you think looks good out of these five options? Um, what are your favorite shoes? Are you like gender neutral? You're like male dominating, like female, whatever it may be. Okay. And then we go and then we show them styles, right? Mm-hmm. And then from those styles, you can pick like pants. Oh, I need those at this length and and at that length and at whatever, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Just like that exact size, like make everything tailor-made. Sell it as an outfit. Discount it 10 to $15 less than what you would get if you bought it all in, uh, individually. And then once it gets here, here's the kicker. If you don't like one of the items of clothing that you have, like you bought you can send it in and we will send you back um something like that fits yeah and we can keep doing that like a like a permanent if it's not destroyed or ripped apart you still got the tags you can send it back in and we'll be like all right you got one free credit for another pair of pants mm-hmm. like it's okay like just pick another pair of pants that don't fit yeah that'd be awesome an algorithm that picks your style of clothing for you and then once we have that algorithm based on the clothes that they actually buy. We keep track of that as well. And then we tailor that, put that inside of their algorithm even more. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, I think an underrated style is simplicity. Yeah. Like just having, um, a, a, a I don't know, like a gray hoodie that fits me well in the gym would be great. That has no logo. This on is, it. do you see this? This is, I'm okay. You guys can't see, but I'm, I'm wearing a plain gray hoodie that I found in Goodwill. Mm-hmm. I think it's fruit of the loom. It's just, it's literally one of my favorite hoodies because it's comfortable. It's lightweight. It it feels cheap, but not like cheap, cheap, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's just a nice hoodie. It has no logos, no marking, and you would never tell me what brand it is. It's just a great hoodie to wear around. Uh, Like, I'm wearing one of our school shirts right now, but the majority of the time, what I wear is just solid t-shirts. I, I very rarely see like a brand anywhere on you. Yeah. You're you're like jeans shirt kind of guy, mm-hmm. and it works. It does. I think it's, I think it's an understatement how well. I think I think we're going towards a generation where like, uh, big brands, Nike, Adidas, all, all that stuff is kind of getting a little overrated. Yeah. Because what I'm thinking for our company, right? Mm-hmm. You could. I I go on Nike sometimes because I have this. I I got a let's. I got a fifty dollar gift card over there for Christmas. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, I can buy some shorts, maybe some some a shirt and some nice underwear. Right. Get the whole thing. Fifty dollars doesn't even give me a motherfucking shirt. Really? 50, yeah. Fifty dollars doesn't do shit for me. Wow. And I, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I can't even get like something nice for fifty dollars. Uh, I want to get like I literally just wanted, um, gray Nike joggers. Right, yeah. like the ones like gray, plain, simple gray, black Nike logo. That is it in a men's large. Fifty dollars does not cover that. I'm like, okay, I just want a plain gray. It's literally like the plain gray hoodie I'm wearing right now, but with a black Nike symbol on it that's embroidered on there. Yeah, I'm like, I want that. Not enough to cover either of those expenses. You you could probably only get like socks on there, or right? Something. And now I'm like, well, what the fuck? What I'm thinking of is like some things go for like $100 on Nike. We could do a whole outfit for $100. Yeah. With the right materials and, and the right distributors, we could do the whole thing for 100 bucks. And like kind of be like Maybe Apple. Less. Yeah. Be like Apple where nothing that we sell is low quality. Everything is high quality. Nice. Everything is like a stretchy cotton or like a polyester material for sports mm-hmm. or, you know, like we have different materials based on 
like what it is. If it's athletic gear, we have a different material. If it's like casual wear, we have a different material. We could even do like, remember if we go back to like the customizing your human sheet, like right, where you could just look at the different things. Instead of like the different sizes, we could all do to do different materials. Yeah. Like, so here's the same shirt, same color, different material. And like that could be in like an advanced option, like a, an additional thing that you don't have to do. But if you want it, Here's advanced options for you to like go in and pick your specific material, pick your uh, spe- specific style. Like if you like V-necks or if you like crew, you know, whatever. So have you ever heard of Sheen? Um, I don't believe so. So Sheen is really popular among teenage girls. Um, my girlfriend uses it. Mm-hmm. It is basically like a clothing company out of China. Actually, wait, no. I think they showed me that. I think um, your girlfriend and her her cousin uh, showed that to me on our bus ride uh, when we were doing a cross meet. Right, and it's like a super cheap Chinese brand, right? Yeah. And it, and it catches people's eyes or like it catches the eyes of like shoppers because of their low prices. Um, it's like like $5 for a t-shirt. Yeah, like two fifty for a t-shirt. Basically, like, like stupid cheap. Think of Alibaba except just clothing. Yeah, and 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 again, this is where they get you because like the shipping from China to the U.S. is like ten fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. So then it turns out to be like a eighteen dollars shirt. What they do well is is they get they get you to buy so many items at once, right? So my girlfriend's like, oh look at this shirt I got for two fifty, and then I'm like, okay, well what did you buy with it? Oh, I bought eighteen other pieces of clothing. I'm like, well no shit, they made money. They do a really good job, and I think we could market this as well, of of making it so I don't know how you do it, but like just they make so much damn money off of like girls going like ah I just got a sheen haul because they ordered like fifty things in an order, like fifty articles or thirty articles Be- of clothing. Because like, I'm like what the, the fuck? The most expensive thing is the shipping, so they want to buy all the stuff in one go and they, and they mark so, it down they yeah. they heavily mark it down so then it gets to that like five dollar like it goes down and down and down but the price you're paying still goes up and up and up mm-hmm. uh, it's a great it's a really like weird system for them to make money but it works super well they make that, so much money that's actually so my mom is big into sales and coupons yeah and what i've noticed is why companies do sales is from my mother so she'll see that something is on sale at um, our local Kroger store. And it's, you know, like she'll see something like ice cream. She was not going to the store to go get ice cream. But because it's on sale, she's like, oh, might as well. And so when we're checking out, it, it's like saving, you know, it, it says how much you saved on the on the coo- uh, mm-hmm. on the receipt. And... Uh, she saves like eighty hundred dollars, right? But the thing is, is that she spent more money than if she were to not get those things on sale. And she's like, "Well, no, I was saving money." And I'm like, "No, you weren't. You were still buying more things that you wouldn't have bought unless they weren't on sale." So right. it, that doesn't make any sense. You were still spending more money they still make profit yeah the 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 trick is with like going on sale with something is making it seem like um oh you're screwing over the company like you're winning in this scenario no like the the company still makes money it just went from like a hundred percent markup to like 50 to 60 percent markup 
You act like you steal their money. Like there's some crazy deal. My mom does the same thing. It's just, uh, it's, yeah. They want to sell like crappy products that like no one would buy. Because if you're going to the toothpaste aisle, right? And you see Crest and then you see some off-brand Chinese bullshit. You're like, if it's just like five cents more, I'm getting Crest. You see a big old sale sign next to it. You're a mother of five. Shit, I'm getting the Chinese stuff, you know? Yeah. Because uh, you might as well if it's like half of the price as the regular brand. So I think that's a really important lesson is also sales. You have to do a lot of sales, especially around like Black Friday and stuff oh, like that. You think people you think people are really like saving hundreds of dollars on Black Friday? Yeah, exactly. I see so many memes out there where it's like, oh my gosh, I got this $500 flat screen TV for $400. Ah, oh, I really got them this time. No, no, you didn't. Samsung is still a million dollar company. They still make... Why do you think they have Black Friday? You think they do? Like, do you think companies do Black Friday to just lose out on millions of dollars just one day out of the year? No, they make triple what they make in like months on Black Friday because exactly. it works so well. It's such a good business tactic. Oh my gosh, it's so. Uh, yeah, and then they're always like, oh. "Oh, I saved this much amount," and it's like, "No, you didn't save anything. You spent this much." Yeah. Yeah. And and that's really uh, I think we have put that inside of our American culture over time, and we could be one of those businesses that exploit that. Mm. And you know, like every company does sales, so we could definitely take advantage of that. Exactly, like doing clothing that fits super well and is also cheap, optimized. Um, algorithms to fit your style and mm-hmm. your ability. Uh, again, we need to bring together like hundreds of companies and or have huge connections. We we could do the the opposite direction and be mm-hmm. more like Apple, mm-hmm. all high quality material, pretty much never do sales, uh, and instead be known for the most quality product that you can get. Yeah, but the thing is with that, I feel like that's overdone. We've talked about Apple's. Apple's the first one to kind of start this idea of, uh, it's a great business tactic, don't get me wrong, but the mm-hmm. idea of seeing rich people have it, right? And then marketing it, the shit out of it, making it seem like well, it's only for the rich masses and then bringing it to the public and then the public buy the crap out of it is such an overdone business tactic. That At first, that's what I thought. But then I was thinking about how, you know, like, Nike, Adidas, all those things, it's not the fact that they're quality. That's not why you get those. True. The reason why is because of the brand name. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying instead of marketing the brand name, marketing the high quality and being known for having the best quality clothing, having the best fitting clothing. Just be elite. Yes, be instead of being like Gucci, where it, it's the name, it's more about the quality. Like you are buying something that you know is the best bang for your buck because you're getting something that will last a, a long time, that feels good putting on. A reputable, com- a repu- reputable, reputable? Yes. Okay, reputable com- company that just like you can exchange whenever you want. We'll give you your money back, no problem. Like if you don't like it, if there's in, if there's any kind of defect, but even though we triple check stuff, just be like be the company. 
of quality. Yes. And, and it's expensive, but you know that what you get will last a long time. You know that it will fit well. You know that it feels good putting on. Like ev- everything checks every single box. Almost like when you buy a Milwaukee tool, you know? Have you mm-hmm. he- have you seen those memes? Where like Milwaukee tools are known for like being the end all of be all tools. Like tools will last forever. Yeah. They've they've I've seen videos of like a house catching on fire and then the dude goes to grab his Milwaukee jigsaw and it still works. <laughs> like it, it's melted and black and he's like, "Wow, oh, shit, I think the Milwaukee still works." And he like revs it and it just it's perfect. It works perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's that's insane. That's how you know you got someone's business right there. And that's the reason why they're able to market uh market up so high is because they're known not for the name brand itself, really. They're known for the quality. Yeah, you will if we we if if we started a clothing company, you will never be able to rip our shirts in half. That's mm-hmm. how nice they will be. You, they will not rip. They will not get those weird end strings where you like pull on them and they rip the f- seam all the way through. It would be so good. Like, get it from the best sources and have like huge tailoring companies uh, or factories. Sorry, that we can source from and be able to automate tailoring clothes. Double check it. Triple check it. Make sure it all. I love it. I love the idea. It's yeah. a good idea. It is. And it, it's it's like the same thing with um uh Rolex. Right. Rolex um they are not known if you're into watches, if if you're a person who's actually into watches, um you'll know that Rolex started out as being known for their quality, known for being rugged, not for being the name. Rolex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But most people think Rolex, oh, high quality. It's actually meant to be, um, it keeps time really well, and they never break. That's what Rolex was originally known for. And then as their... Uh, hype. hype. Hype came in. Yeah, hype, hype came in, and then now they're leaning into it, which people in the watch community are actually very mad about because they're becoming so expensive now Mm. but yeah rolex was originally known for its quality not for the name brand i like the idea of being a company that doesn't falter to that side of hype just being a good reputable nice company that just keeps its cool head with quality stuff and yeah do you have any anything else any other business ideas we talked about affordable housing in africa clothing i was thinking about it's so hard, two things with a business. It's so hard to come up with a name that's not taken. Yeah. We've talked about that. We've, we've sat there for hours and hours trying to think of company names. Even like a YouTube channel name. Um, We could not, in a podcast name, we could not think of anything that has not been taken. It yeah. was so hard. It was ridiculously hard. We, we got pretty lucky with... um The modern narrative. Yeah. Which is nice. I like it. It's a nice and, name. And writing the narrative. It's, it's pretty nice. But I think... A company name. That's a whole nother game. Yeah. That's and then, ridiculously annoying. And actually making the company, that's also pretty We annoying. were like looking at like names, cool names, like in different languages. And it was yeah. still taken. Which makes sense. But like we, we were trying to think of like adapt in like French and we could it was taken. Yeah. It was an American company already. Mm-hmm. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> There's we we were going through like because you're thinking like Nike, the Greek god. 
uh, we were going through like all the Greek gods. Yeah. Every single Greek god we went through. All taken. All companies. 30 yeah. companies. It's like, oh, fuck off. It was so hard. It was pretty hard. We struggled for a lot there. Um, number two. Do I have a question for you. Okay. I, I've had this thought in my head for a while that it's hard to start a new company because so many ideas are already taken, right? Yeah. Do you think that that thinking is limiting me in the sense that if we go back like 100, maybe 200 years, did people think the same thing? Like, oh my God, everyone's already doing this. There's nothing original to come up with. I think, and then I we, think yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think they okay. did. I just wanted I wanted to break that thinking if in, in this episode once and for all. The idea of like okay, you're not like <laughs> you're you're being closed-minded and thinking that there's no new ideas left. There's yeah. cuz I'm sure people 50, 100 years from now thought like, "Oh, there's nothing. There's nothing new. There's no companies left to make. You know, there's no new ideas." What what's important to know is that you don't even need to do new ideas. Um for instance, services um, plumbing is not new, but if there are no plumbers in your area, then you can be a plumber and then make a company, make bank. Yeah. But, um, th- the same thing goes with, um, online. So you could create websites. It's actually really easy to learn coding. Um, especially if you go to college for it, you will, um, you will be able to go to a company and say, Hey, I want to uh, be a coder for you. Can you pay for my tuition for all the years? They'll say yes. And they will hands down say yes. I will. We will pay for everything. We will pay for your housing, pay for your tuition, pay for your food, everything. You can go to school for free and then work there. Mm-hmm. Get a job right afterwards. But you could even learn how to code at home and then create websites for other companies and then make bank off of that. That's not a new idea, but it's a service that you know that because, you know, people haven't reached out to them or they haven't reached out to other uh be the first. Yeah, you'd be, be the, the first. first. And and they most likely say yes. They'd be like, "Shit, why didn't we think of that? That's a great idea. We should get on that." Instead of like, because I think it'd be cheaper for some of these companies to just pay for tuition instead of like trying to force someone out of an, another company to come code for them. Exactly. Get someone loyal. Like I paid for your tuition. Like I would be, if someone, if a, com- if a big company paid me salary and paid off my tuition, I would be very loyal to that company. Yeah. And you would probably have to like sign a contract too and like actually be bound to that company. Right. Here's another idea. So... With coding, and I saw this, have you ever thought to yourself, like, I, I saw this online, right? And I thought, this is a great fucking idea. How come no one has thought of this yet? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been, like, listening to a song on Spotify? And it's such a good song. It's, like, so good. Yeah. Right? And you're like, I want more songs like this song. Mm-hmm. But, like, Spotify recommended kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah. Some dude made a website that's, like, I don't even know how to describe it. You look up like, I want more songs like blah, blah, blah. And it says songs like blah, blah, blah. And it literally makes you a playlist that you could import into Spotify. Really? How come nobody thought of that? Nobody on this earth thought of that idea before. I- I'm sure the way that he thought of that was from actually having that issue. Because that's how a company 
is able to make so much money. There's an issue, and that company solves that issue. And they make money off that issue. You think of Amazon. There wasn't really that big of shipping before Amazon. There was a issue. Amazon fixed that issue. That's why they are the biggest company now. And now I can picture Spotify like buying out his software to like picture like how crazy would that be? If you're like an 18-year-old kid, you just wrote a code cuz you're like, "Oh god, I want to listen to more songs like this." But Spotify recommended sucks. So you can look up that song and it shows you songs like this. And I I loved it. The playlist it recommended me for this one song that I liked was great. Songs I've never heard of before, or maybe I've heard once mm-hmm. and I didn't think about that relates to the song. I'm like, yeah, this this shit rocks. The playlist it made for me was excellent. Yeah. Truly excellent. I loved it. And it really worked better than Spotify recommended. Mm-hmm. Think about it like this. You go to the Spotify headquarters. You pitch them this idea. They're like, shit, man, this is a great fucking idea. We should buy this. I don't know, $5 million buyout later, mm-hmm. they buy your software, buy your ideas, and now instead of importing it from the website to your Spotify, you literally have a new tab on Spotify. Songs like this. You go there, you look up that song, it gives you a play, not like songs that are like that, it gives yeah. you a fucking playlist that is like that song. Mm-hmm. It's like, try these songs. And and shit, man. And that's, that's a win-win. The, the way that you market it is saying, and you only... Have this for people with Spotify Premium. Boom. Yeah. Um, immediately. I buy that shit. Yeah. I buy that so fast. Then they would have like, you know, so many users coming on. Even I, like I use YouTube Premium for my YouTube, uh, like I use YouTube Music uh, instead of Spotify. Um, and so uh, if that was a thing on Spotify for Spotify Premium, I would switch over. Look at, here it is. Spot-a-like. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. intuitive. Made a playlist. You could import it. I mean, shout out to Spotlight. Great idea. Yeah. Great concept. I should use that. Yeah. I find it literally it's a search bar and it says one minute, I gotta pull up fuck. Um find songs similar to Enter Track. Wow. That's it. And That's I crazy. I used it once, loved it. I'm shout out. How do you it's people are so smart. Yeah. I give I I wish I was as smart as some people. Well, who, who are some I, other people that like saw a problem and just fixed it and then made money off of it? Um, well, I mean, Apple. Apple started out by how um, Steve Wozniak was, you know, building like his own, uh, you know, I think it was like a keyboard for the the computer, mm-hmm. and then Steve Jobs saw that he was like. That is a huge issue that needs to be solved. Let's run with it. And then made Apple off of that whole idea. Another story is, I might have told this on another podcast episode, bad memory, but uh, for the Apple II... They 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 um for the Apple One, right? They were just selling like the hardware to the hard drive. And so this this um this the store they were selling it out of the store owner mm-hmm. when he didn't really understand what the Apple One was he was a computer store but he didn't like get it yeah so when they said here's the Apple One and he pulls open the box right and he looks at it and he's like what the hell is this they're like what you wanted a computer and he thought he's like people don't want this they want the whole computer yeah like, no one's gonna want no one knows how to use this it's just the hard it wasn't like it was the software it was like a, a motherboard i think pre-built yeah it was called the apple one and steve jobs is like shit that's a great idea he's like what he's like oh, we have the apple two and he's like what's the apple two and he's like 
the whole computer. And so that's what the app, the Mac 2 was. Mm-hmm. It was the whole computer. They put it all together. And that's what it sold. Off the charts. Crazy numbers. Yeah. And so, great idea. He's like, damn, that's a really good point. No one wants to buy just the one part. Because what are they going to do with it? Buy the whole computer. Why not? Yeah. Worked out great. And gotta love, gotta love Steve Jobs. So, you think of the biggest companies in the entire world. There was an issue that existed and they are the ones who solved that issue. That is the the basis that you need for a company. There is a problem. You need to fix that problem. So anytime, this is good advice, anytime that you see like just something that you dislike or something that annoys you on a daily basis, look up to see if there's something to fix it. And if there's not, fix it. I think I think on Shark Tank, that's like 95% of the concept ideas. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I was sitting in my room one day and like, shit, I hate this. So I did this and I made a million dollars off of it. You mm-hmm. want to buy in? And they're like looking at some of the most rich people in the world. And they're like, shit, yeah, I'll buy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love business, don't you? Yeah. Something about business and financials just gets me hot and bothered. I, I think it's mostly that like, an average person doesn't normally think about it. They don't normally think about like, yeah, I'll start a business. It's more, everyone is engineered to think that going to college, getting a job, like a stable nine to five is the best way to succeed. And then the people who are different, they, they want to be different. Like you and I, yeah, we're, we're like, not to toot our own horns, but yeah, but like it's good to be normal because you need normal people. Not everyone can be different. Yeah, I hate to. That sounds really arrogant and whatnot. But I not everyone, not everyone can be different because then we wouldn't have, you know, business. You can't think the same, and not everyone yeah. can succeed. Unfortunately, I wish everyone could succeed and see their own growth and success. But everyone's path is different. Yeah, and you know, like we're saying all these things like it's going to be easy. It is not going no. to be easy. We have a two-year plan. We've talked about this. We have two years to make this podcasting, YouTubing thing uh, work. It has not uh, the t- the timer has not started yet. It t- this starts when we graduate high school. Mm-hmm. But we have two years to make this shit work. And if it doesn't, we quit because you need a couple things to when you're starting a business, when you're starting anything really. Mm-hmm. You need a goal, you need goals, and you need to know when to quit. Yeah, those are really important things. If you don't have a goal, you don't know when, well, first off, you, you need to know when to quit. Be- and, and goals help with that because uh, if you don't have a goal, you don't know like, okay, I didn't hit my goal, so I'm I'm going to quit. If you don't have a goal, you don't know if you're going to quit. I, I think there's also a third thing that people really need to understand. What's that? And that is systems. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is something that I sent you. Uh, oh, one day is that the choose you choose your life kind of thing um like not not really we talked about every time eddie comes over for record a podcast episode we talked about how he messaged me and was like hey you know you can choose to do whatever you want and and choosing to clean your room as i get there why not just keep it clean type yeah. thing is that so, what you're talking about yeah okay. that's the thing that i'm talking about so there are like goals are very important because you like Jacob said you need to know when to quit and you need to strive for something but there's also another important thing 
and that is how you are going to be able to achieve those goals uh, and the specifics behind them. And those are systems and habits. You need systems and habits to be able to achieve your goals. So goals are what you want. Systems and habits are how you get to those goals. So the analogy that I gave Jacob is that two basketball teams uh, playing against each other, they both have the same goal, to win. But that's not what's going to make them win. That's just the goal. That's what they want. And so having a goal is not enough for one of those basketball teams to win. Instead, it's the practice and the habits that they've built over time that is going to choose the winner between those two teams. Because that's the problem is that winners and losers have the same goal. So you're able to understand from that idea that it's not the goal that brings them to succeed. It's the systems and habits behind those goals that get them where they are. And then the second problem with only having goals is that they're temporary fixes. So when you have the goal to clean your room, then, uh, you know, that's great. But if you clean your room and still have the systems of a, of a slob and still have the habits of a slob... It's going to get dirty. Yeah, it's going to get dirty again. And so that's, you know, what what's the point at, at that point? You know, you clean it and then it gets dirty. You clean it and then it gets dirty. Instead, maintain it and have the habits of a clean person. I really took that to heart, by the way. I did enjoy that. I didn't have time to respond, and I think I forgot about responding. Mm-hmm. I did like that. It was very nice to think about the world like that. Yeah, I, I did message that at like 5 in the morning. So. <laughs> what an Eddie thing to do. Just change your life. It's 5 a.m. You're a fucking loser. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I 100% agree with that. I didn't think about it like that. I didn't think about how, you know... A, a, Two basketball teams go in the arena. They both have the same goal, but eventually one's going to be a winner and one's going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's how they build up to that. It's how they you know, define their success. It's who worked harder in the meantime, right? Me and Eddie are going to go up against, um, you know, when we start a YouTube channel. Well, we start a YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. When we start uploading videos, we're going to go up against similar creators of um, like much bigger size, probably much bigger cult following, but we're going to work harder than them mm-hmm. straight up. We're gonna do more research, do more work, be in here later. We will, we will be in here hours before they do, and we will be done hours after they are, right? Because we're just gonna put in the work to succeed. We are gonna work so hard at this that there will be nothing to hold us back. I'm scared. I might not shower for days. I might not eat for days. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, that's another thing is that the, the habits. So, uh. What made me think about this was I started reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it started my building blocks for uh, thinking about systems and habits. Uh, because that's what it what the book is all about, is building systems and habits. And um, in the book, he said... If you get 1% better at every single thing that you do, that is not linear progression. That is exponential growth. So 
you know, like let's say you get 1% better every single day. You would at first assume, oh, that means you get 365% better in that year. No, it's 1% better from that day and then 1% better from that day and then 1% better from that day. It's exponential. You go off of the growth that you are already growing from. It's not just 1% every day. You grow 1% from the added on percentage that you already did. So if you get 1% better every single day, then you will just skyrocket in success. But if you get 1% worse every day, then you will absolutely plummet down to the bottom. I love that. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, the world is so fertile. It's going to sound corny, but the world is so fertile in the fact that like there's so many opportunities to grow good crops and crops. I mean, just self-knowledge, personal growth, um, economic growth. There's so many different ways to succeed other than just the one track mind. And I would love to see as a culture that we break that, but then we wouldn't have, you know, as successful as people see. I think if, if we use, I think hmm, it's hard, but I think if we use that more with some of the complaints we have with our world today Mm -hmm. could be broken. Definitely. Um, People talk complaining about like how expensive college is, right? We push this idea that college is the only way to go. Of course, it's going to be more expensive. They're 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 marking it up. If we kind of not boycott, but if we just do the alternatives to those major four year universities that that just seem to not be affected by literally anything, mm-hmm. like always make shit ton of profit. If we somehow can just boycott for like two three years, um, just see their numbers go down, they'll panic and they'll lower their prices mm-hmm. they'd be like okay this is a little bit much and give out more scholarships and like more, more opportunities yeah, more op- opportunities spread the wealth a little bit a little communism but <laughs> regardless <laughs> if we if could you imagine if there's just a year where everyone just said fuck big schools and like just went to like smaller community college schools oh yeah that'd be crazy and they're like hey guys guys guys, guys. Whoa, whoa whoa let's relax for a minute okay instead of Thirty thousand dollars a year. What if we brought it down to like twenty, and then we just ignored them? Like, guys, okay, you really need to start coming to my school again. Yeah, kind of idea. Because, man, there's that, that would change the world. Yeah, well, I th- and I think that idea can be applied to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. If we kind of just collectively open our eyes to the world that there's better options in life, then we can see success. Like you said, the one percent exponential growth. Yes. Um, breaking down um this this hate that we have for each other, for different races and whatnot. That is can be an exponential growth. Uh, lowering college tuition that can be an exponential growth. There's so many things that we could look at from a broader scale and come together as humans to just make the world better. And I think it's all about knowledge and education. With that, you know, if True. people if people are actually educated on proper ways of how to do things, then they'll stop doing what society wants and start doing the responsible thing. And and that's the thing. Our education system sucks. Yeah. Our education system in, in the U.S. kind of blows hard. Um, I won't lie. You know what's a really interesting idea? What? D- do you know um what what the yogis are? 
No, I don't know what the yogis are. Uh, they were monks that lived like thousands of years ago. Okay. And so um, they asked this question, where does knowledge come from? Where do you think knowledge comes from? I don't know where knowledge comes from. They answered that question by saying, knowledge comes from within. So if you have a book, would you say that is knowledge? I, it depends. Yeah, I would say the book is knowledge. They say it's not. So they say that all the knowledge is already there and it's inside of you. A book or something external is the, is the thing that unlocks that, that unlocks that knowledge from within. Mm -hmm. So th they say that you, what, sorry, there's a lot Yeah, there's, oh my God, there's um uh, a parent down here with the dog and the dog's barking. And, you know, we don't have a fancy recording studio. We have my basement. So there's occasionally a few hiccups. Yes, but so. Knowledge uh, comes with them within. You just yeah. have to unlock it. Yeah, exactly. And so this is a very interesting idea to me because it, it it makes you understand the reason why if you read a book and then you it doesn't click or maybe it does click it, because it means that you can reread it however many times as you want. But if you just aren't learning it, that's not because there's no knowledge there. It's because you don't have the key to unlock that knowledge. Hmm. And so all the knowledge is already there. Yeah. It's just your ability to open up that door to that knowledge. Sure. I hmm, I haven't thought about it like that ever. Yeah. I, I guess if you think about it, like the we have the ability to comprehend that knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Then that works out very like that that theory works the fact that we can comprehend what the book is what we're reading in the book tells us or gives us the idea that knowledge comes from within that that's why in science it's always a scientific discovery not something that we have created because it's always been there because it's in the universe it has always been there it's just we haven't learned of it yet. you haven't been aware of it yeah and until we unlock that door and we have the knowledge come from within. Everything is already there in the entire universe. And it's the knowledge that is within that we learn things from. It's not external books. It's not anything like that. Anything that we read from a book, we can understand from ourselves too. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I think that it, it really changes how you think of learning for me it's made me more attentive for reading books because i now understand that um th the book is my key to unlocking what you already know you already well, knew that stuff yeah it's it's just being made aware of it that makes me feel better about myself almost yeah just the fact as humans we're so um intelligent in our minds to the fact that we can understand what the book is telling or like any piece of knowledge is telling us it makes me feel a sense of pride and confidence yeah and that all, all books are only keys to unlocking doors within ourselves they aren't the the knowledge itself we are the knowledge knowledge comes from within 
And that was by who? What what monks? The, the yogis. Mm. And where are they located? Um, if you don't know, it's okay. I'm kind of like I, I believe you. ancient China. So the, the yogis are they got, no longer. They got to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, when you literally just sit there meditating, thinking, only thinking, that's it, and meditating, then uh, of course you're gonna find some cool, crazy stuff to think about. Yeah. Can you imagine like being surrounded by just super intelligent thinkers and like you bounce ideas off each other all the time? Yeah. And can you imagine being a monk? That's you crazy. know, like they are so comfortable with themselves because of the fact that dedicated. Yeah. Th- that's actually what, because of monks, I think that's what patience truly is, is being comfortable with yourself. Because if you think about like, why are people uh, impatient? You think, they always want something external. Like, th- that's the reason why um, impatient people really like TikTok is because scroll, scroll, scroll. Something new all the time. They don't want to be by themselves doing nothing and because they're uncomfortable with themselves. They don't like just being thinking inside of their head. They want something external to think about. That's what patience is, is being comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. So to be more patient, that's why meditation is so amazing for patience, is because it makes you more comfortable with yourself. And so monks, um, they are they have the most patience because they are so comfortable with themselves. Do you struggle to meditate? I've tried it. I struggle with thinking about nothing while meditating. Is that another form of meditation? Yes. What is that called? Is that just? Uh, I think that's thoughtfulness meditation. I, I'm not quite sure. You had yeah. I don't know how people do that. Just think about nothing as they meditate. It's a well, trained skill. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I I know the way to do it. it. It just doesn't work inside of my head. Um. So the way that I I think people do it is that. You know how like when you're about to go to sleep and you have thoughts come up inside of your head and then you get annoyed by how you're thinking? Mm-hmm. That makes you think about those thoughts more. And so instead, you just acknowledge the thought and then let it go away. Let it and play then, out like a movie? No, not let it play out. Just say, hey, this is here. I'm going to set it aside and think about nothing. And then if it comes back, you say, hey, it's there. You know, I'm going to set it aside, think about nothing. And so just don't get angry at the thoughts. Just be patient and say, hey, this is this thought is here that's coming up, and I'm just going to set it aside and think about nothing. Be relaxed. Yeah, not, not care so much that you're trying to think of nothing and these thoughts are coming in. That's what gets you angry and makes you think about those thoughts even more which is bad. So instead, you just don't care. You're just like, yeah, this is here, and I'm just going to set it aside. And But I can't do that. It's just, I don't know. I, I it, The thoughts just keep on coming in for me. I, I don't know. It's hard. Oh, So we've talked about business ideas, thoughtfulness, meditation, opening your eyes to just the world around you. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what we're going to call this episode. Me neither. Uh, we we also talked about habits and systems. Yeah, habits and systems. This is a nice transition into those. Um, 
Do you have any bad habits? Like really bad habits? Um, video game addiction. We've talked about that on the podcast before. Yeah, but I mean, we we could go over it again because also my brother has video game addiction, mm. and he's a good example of why you don't want to have video game addiction. Um, we could talk about nihilism. Do you know what nihilism no, is? No, I don't know what nihilism is. Nihilism is basically um, the philosophy of nothing really matters. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> what that's what nihil- <laughs> nihilism. Yeah. So, uh, a nihilistic person is mostly driven by their own desires. So, um, nihilistic people will most likely be drug addicts, basically people who are addicted to things. Because the reason why is the they're like, if you've ever heard the expression, I'm here for a fun time, not a long time, that's probably a nihilistic person. Ooh. They're probably like, nothing really matters. Um, because they don't care about the meaning of life. They just want to have a fun time because nothing matters to them. Yikes. Yeah. And so these are the kinds of people that you see that don't care if they have a job. They don't care about their family. They don't care about anything like that because they just want to do what they want. Just live. Yeah. Because life doesn't matter. Yeah, because life doesn't matter. And... So that's, for obvious reasons, that's the kind of person that you don't want to be. Right. Um, That's the way that my brother is. Um, He's 26 or 27, um, and he lives in, literally, in my mom's basement. And he has kids. Um, They're over right now at my house. And uh, he does not not parent them. He, like, puts YouTube on, on the TV— and then goes downstairs and plays video games. It's the most disgusting thing in the world. So you have to deal with them? Well, I mean, they're not my kids, so I'm not going to parent them. You're just set up but, in your room? Yeah. That's sad. But, you know, I, I do acknowledge them whenever... Well, you do more f- for those kids than he does. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I still, like, I'm inside of my room and not really doing anything. I, I do feel bad for them, but... You know, like I'm, I'm 17. I'm not. I'm obviously not going to parent those kids, and they're his responsibility, not mine. Right. But, um, like, I don't know. It's just a really sad thing because, like, he, that's all he does is just play video games. Like he, he works, but he works at McDonald's part time, not even full time. So, part time McDonald's worker. Yeah. Oh and, God. And you know. Like, the reason why he's not able to get that much money is because he does have to pay half of all the money he makes for child support. But even then, it's like, that's what should push you to get a better job to be able to right. sustain yourself. Right. So I tell my mother all the time, the best thing for him is for you to kick him out. Well, then, need- he, then he needs to get his life together. He's going to be fucking exactly. around on the streets. And that's, like, he doesn't even have his driver's license yet. Oh, my gosh. Okay, come on. Once you turn 18, it's, like, pretty easy to get your driver's license. Exactly. And now, so he illegally drives a, uh, a Ford Explorer. It's, like, a 1995 Ford Explorer. That sounds like shit. <laughs> he it's like a, he it's like a piece drives of, it? Yeah, because he doesn't have a driver's license, and the car itself is not registered. So, 
then he knows how to drive. It's yeah, like he, he, he know knows how to drive. He just doesn't get the driver's license. Oh, my God. He sounds like the type of dude to just, like, not know where his birth certificate is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, again, he's nihilistic. He doesn't, doesn't care. care about anything. Yeah, that's true. So, and he only cares about what he wants to do, which is sit in his room and play video games. It, sit, it's in the, to, sit in the basement and play video games. Yeah. And sit, live in his filth. Yeah. I've seen the photos. Lord have mercy. On yeah, I, I sent pictures and videos to Jacob of what it looks down in the basement, and it is it is awful. It smells god-awful down there. Something died down there. I'm 95% sure. There yeah, is... well, his life. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. His life is down there. Oh, gosh. Along with the bros, along with half his paycheck. Yeah, and, you know, he because of his situation, he struggles with mental health but he doesn't do anything about it. So that's you know that's the thing. What can you do when you're when if you have mental health issues and you're just surrounded with shit? Mhm. Like you can't get your life together. Exactly. You, you but but it's a, it's like a cycle at that point because like you see the environment and think it's a lost cause, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything about it. And those are the habits that we talked about, right? Like that's the reason why he never sets goals for cleaning his room is because, one, he's nihilistic. He doesn't care. And, and two, he already has the habits of a slob. So it it's, at this point, hard for him to be clean. And that's, that's sad, you know. So that's like an example of what you don't want to be. <laughs> don't be him. Yes. That's my greatest fear is becoming like that, becoming my brother. That's a good fear. Yeah. Because it's real. It's really real. It's there. You've seen it. Yeah. Like, I I can't even imagine having two kids that I don't take care of. Don't have kids? Yeah, well. Don't get a girl pregnant early. Exactly. (laughs) At age, like, I think it was 19. Oh, what? Yeah. 19? 18 or 19. Oh, and then he did it twice. Yeah, Two kids. With with the same chick. No. Fuck. I mean, do you want to leave this episode here? I think we can, yeah. Hour 14. It's going to be a shorter one. We have midterms coming up. I would extend this conversation out to an hour 30 usually. I have midterms. Eddie's got midterms. We got stuff we got to get done. We're still high schoolers. You you already know I'm not studying. That's true. Eddie has like the easiest fucking class load I've ever seen in my life. And then next year, next semester, I mean, it gets even easier. It gets so easy. It's so easy. But I do have... I do have at least two or... Th- Mine's pretty easy, too. I shouldn't talk shit because if you ever see my high school transcripts, it's going to be bad. But um, if you... Yeah, I have like two or three classes that I actually have to study for the midterm or like, you know, it's not going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. So this... You know what this has been, Eddie? Writing the narrative with, with Jake and Eddie. Oh, yeah. With Jake and Eddie. I'm Jake and he's Eddie and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>